Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Good morning. McLaughlin Eller. I'm an ordained deacon and I serve as the director of church and community engagement at Wellroot Family Services, formerly known as the United Methodist Children's Home. And I'm so grateful to be with you today. Uh, let us pray. God, we thank you for calling us into this place, into the community of believers, so that we might hear a word from you to know how we might live best in this world, and to spread your love to all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Patrick, for having me here today. I'm so grateful to be with you. Um, I grew up in a military family, and I lived in nine states by the time that I was in my early 20s. Um, I was very familiar with moving around and having to make friends and to build a community of my own. But I also grew up in a household that was steeped in the idea of self-sufficiency. I can remember being told that the only person that I can ultimately rely on in this world was myself. And this meant that sometimes when I would ask for help, I would often be told that I needed to figure it out on my own. Um, I might eventually get help from someone else, but it was usually after I had exhausted every idea that I knew how to try. For example, when I was 16, uh, I spent a few weeks uh, in the summer as a camp counselor. Now, we were in the middle of nowhere, Louisiana, uh, in an old military um, barracks that had been turned into a camp. It was quite rustic. Um, we were staying in the barracks, and it had no air conditioning. Can, can I repeat that it was in the summer in Louisiana? <laughs> I was so grateful when camp was over and my dad came to pick me up to go home. Um, the Jeep was blowing this like lovely air conditioning all over my body. I think I was having just an out-of-body experience. I felt like I was in heaven. And then our tire blew out. Yeah, that, that feeling that you just had, that was the feeling that I had. Um, we were just far enough outside the camp that it was too far to turn back, but we had not yet reached any form of civilization. And I remember that sinking feeling in my stomach, and I, I think I actually was probably more upset about leaving the air conditioning than I was <laughs> anything else. But what happened next um, might not surprise you, since I told you how important self-sufficiency was in our family. My dad told me I was going to change the tire. And when he said that I was going to change the tire, he meant I was going to change the tire. Um, my dad did not help me. He sat and watched me as I struggled to figure out what to do. Where is a spare tire? What was the first step? How in the world do you use a jack? How can I lift a Jeep tire um, you know, to get it back into the truck? Um, my dad would interject kind of if, or rather when, um, I was doing something really, really wrong, but I figured out on my own how to change that tire. Uh, an hour or so later, we were back on the road heading toward New Orleans, um, but what I remember on that ride home was not really the feeling of accomplishment 
at having learned to change a tire by myself and doing it on my own, what I remember most was like utter loneliness that I felt, um, despair at having no one help me. Now, mind you, my dad was not a bad guy. He was just a military man with military ways. In the book of Isaiah, which we heard read this morning, the Israelites might have very well felt the same way that I was feeling. Judah and Jerusalem had been destroyed by Babylon, and many Israelites had been deported from their homelands into Babylon. They had started to doubt whether um, they were actually God's chosen people, or if even God could help them anymore. They felt hopeless and unsure that God was trustworthy or sovereign over the situation in which they found themselves. What could they do? I'm sure each of us can name times in our lives that we have felt that same way. We have felt overwhelmed by difficulties in our families, like divorce or addiction, challenges with our children or the sudden death of a loved one. We have felt overwhelmed by illness or disease, wondering if we'll ever get better or if the cancer has returned. Certainly the last few years have caused us to question our safety and our stability. We wonder whether God even remembers who we are. Does God care about our struggles as individuals, as a community, as a world? Well, at Wellroot Family, uh, at Wellroot Family Services, we walk with children, young adults, and families that are facing overwhelming challenges that can at times seem insurmountable. Right here in Decatur, we serve young adults who are ages 17 to 21 who are transitioning out of foster care and trying to learn how to care for themselves as adults in our world. Many of them have been let down by the foster care system and by their parents. We serve families who are at risk for homelessness, who are escaping domestic violence, or who have not had the tools to secure safe, affordable housing or have been able to find stable employment. We serve children who have been removed from their homes because of abuse or neglect. More than 60% of children and youth in foster care are there because of neglect. And neglect in this case can often be translated into poverty, not having some of the basic necessities needed in order to have a safe and healthy life. For most of the children, youth, and families we serve, they do not lack the will to make positive changes in their life. They lack the resources. They sometimes lack the know-how about how to make a change. They lack functional support systems that surround them as they move and they grow. Their self-sufficiency has taken them as far as they can go, and now more support is needed. For the Israelites, that's where Isaiah and ultimately where God come in. Isaiah was there to prophesy to the Israelites to remind them who they are and whose they are. God said to them, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. They have not been forgotten. They have been redeemed. God is there to redeem them, to reclaim them from their suffering, and to bring them back into wholeness. And the same is true for us. God asks us not to live in fear, but to remember whose we are, and that we are precious. 
that we are called into being through God in Christ and we belong to God. We, too, will be redeemed. Now, this redemption isn't something simple, um, nor does God promise Israel that she won't go through difficult times. That's not actually how this works. Um, however, God assures Israel that she will not be alone in the midst of the storms of life. And likewise, we will not be alone. When you pass through the waters, God says, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not consume you. Now, this is not a promise that there will not be high water, or that we won't feel the heat of flames. We live in a human world, a world that is filled with challenges, a world that's filled with suffering, a world that's also filled with joy. And we will not be immune to those challenges, but as Christians, our ability to withstand the storm or to walk through those flames unburned is in direct proportion to our reliance on and our faith in God. And for the purposes of this sermon, I will call this our ability to float. Meaning our ability to say, God, I am in a tight spot. And I'm not sure how I'm going to swim through this. I've been paddling and paddling forever and I am worn out. I'm going to trust you relax in my striving, and float in your love and provision. Now, you would think, as a clergy person, I would be the perfect model of relying on God and believing that God can assist me through all my difficulties. Unfortunately, I'm quite hard-headed in this area and a slow learner. That self-reliance that was taught to me by my family has gotten in the way a whole lot of me relying on God. Even if I have taught many a person how to change their tire because I learned the hard way, but I taught them. I actually did it with them. But because of my self-reliance, this you know very American idea of you can do this, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I have sometimes or often forgotten that God was there for me and that I only needed to reach out for help. And this is not true of just the big challenges of life, but also the everyday stuff that makes us feel like we're drowning. I always feel more centered um, on a day when I have started and ended with prayer and meditation. Um, and yet it's the days that I'm the busiest where I think I should just skip that part. Um, those are the times when we need to be more reliant on God, not less reliant on God. Have you, have you ever felt that way? Um, while it's wonderful to have some life skills um, and to trust in your own ability, there are times in life that is just really too much for one person to handle on their own. God puts people in our lives to help us float in those times. A friend told me um, about a time when her dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and she said that she didn't feel like she had any tools at her disposal to make it through the heartbreak. And she certainly didn't feel like she could float. But that she felt the mercies of God through friends and loved ones who hugged her and prayed with her. And she said this, that she had, and I quote, a sense of assurance from God that gave her hope that there was a future beyond the current overwhelming situation. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Now, have you ever seen someone who has been swept out into the ocean by a riptide? 
Anyone? Okay, let me just go ahead and tell you, this story ends happily. I don't want you to get anxious. <laughs> because the first time I told this story, people in the, in the congregation were freaking out a little bit. And I was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Everything's fine. So I like to tell people up front now, there's a happy ending. Um, last April, our family went to the beach for um, a break from daily life. And we saw a mother and daughter get swept out by a riptide. Now, you can't always recognize a riptide when it's happening. You can actually get pushed pretty far from the shore and not be able to get back to land um, before you're entirely exhausted. Um, and we watched as a group of people banded together to help bring um, them back to land. And um, they were ultimately saved, and even before the official rescue squad could get there. But what I didn't know was that for a riptide, you can't swim back to the shore. Do y'all know this? Okay, y'all already know this. You're, you're people who live very close to the coast. So you can't, you can't swim toward the shore because you keep, the riptide is too strong. You actually have to swim parallel, for those who don't know, parallel to the shore, which is totally like not intuitive, right? You're like, I, sh I should go that way. No, you have to swim parallel. And so what impressed me was there was a man who swam out to the edge of the riptide and was coaching the mom and the daughter to swim to him. Um, because you have to swim out of it in order to get back to the shore. And, you know, he coached them, just swim toward him, swim to deeper waters and not to the perceived sense of safety of the shore. They had to trust the judgment of this stranger, and they had to trust that, trust that he knew what he was doing when he had them swim to him, and it totally paid off. He had the knowledge and the skills to help them when they needed it most. Sometimes, trusting God means trusting others to help us in our most difficult times. To do something counterintuitive, to not say, I can do this. I can do this, I can figure it out, but rather to say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I need help. Can somebody be there for me? Self-sufficiency has its place, absolutely, but as members of the body of Christ, we need to both rely on each other and to become a life raft to those who are in desperate need of a flotation device. When we see our brothers and sisters suffering, we must reach out to help them. Now, I already know that that is the charism that is built into the DNA of this congregation. I mean, I heard it this morning. It's like, okay, now I know about the, the partnership with Decatur Cooperative Ministries. Um, Patrick helped me get connected there, and Wellroot is doing some partnerships with them now because of that. But I've you know, heard about the ways that you, know, you have partnered with the Trinity Table and the MLK service. That was just this morning. So I know that this is already built into your DNA. Um, and you welcome people in the name of Jesus in this community. And that's what Wellroot Family Services does too. And we appreciate the partnership for, from excellent churches like North Decatur. Um, your church has provided meal boxes, Thanksgiving meal boxes recently for families um, who get through a tough time. Um, you've taken the Amazing Grace offering and done financial support to Wellroot Family Services. 
You've had members of this congregation open their homes as foster parents. And we are again, right now, looking for families who will open their homes for children and youth who are in need of that respite, who are in need of a place to float um, in the midst of the storm when they've been removed from their homes because of abuse and neglect. And with your help, we, we can create loving, compassionate, and nurturing homes um, before children come into care and so that we can have those homes waiting for them when they need it. Um, we have fewer foster homes in the state than we did before COVID. I mean, COVID made us all kind of tuck in, um, but now we don't have fewer number of children in foster care and we have fewer homes. And so we're really in a crisis in terms of foster families. Um, and we especially need families who are willing to foster sibling groups um, and upper elementary through high school age children. Um, I'm going to actually be in the narthex. Uh, you see, I have brought no children with me today. If you talk to me, I will not be sending somebody home with you. So don't be scared to come and talk to me in the back after the service. Um, but you might, know, if, you know, if it's not for you, you might know someone who would be an amazing foster parent. And we, our youngest foster uh, parents are 23. And our oldest is 75. And now, if you fall outside those range, free pass. But if you fall in that range, come and talk to me. Or think about who in your community might really be called to foster. Um, it's temporary. You know, it's a lot of the placements are six months, 12 months. Um, but it really makes a difference for those children who need it the most. Um, also, Wellroot has expanded our services so that we're not just serving children in foster care. We are actually trying to get out ahead um, of some of the challenges that face families and do more family preservation and um, pre abuse prevention programs so that we can um, prevent children from coming into foster care, if at all possible. Um, for example, one of the ways that we're doing that is we now serve first-time moms. Um, our youngest one is 14. And our oldest, uh, and they go from 14 to about age 25. And these are, you know, moms who have been identified because they have some risk factors that they might engage with child welfare um, in the future. And so we work with them throughout their pregnancy in the first three years of the baby's life. We are in their homes once a week for the first year of the baby's life. Um, we're doing things like helping them strengthen their knowledge about child development. You know, how to recognize when a baby is hungry or is the baby tired. How to recognize those developmental milestones. How to care for not only their baby, but also for themselves. Um, the parents that we worked with, um, because it's really, we work with the whole family, make this beautiful commitment to the three years for themselves and for their children. And it's an opportunity to really... I mean, surround them with the support system that they need in order to build and stabilize their family because that's what they want. I, I tell you, just about no, no young adult goes into having a baby and go, going through with it decides, oh, you know, this isn't really worth it. No, they really want to have this child and to care for this child lifelong. And so we partner with them to give them the tools that they need the resources that they need in order to have a successful, for lack of a better word, family, to have that loving relationship, to build that connection with their child for lifelong. You know, God calls each of us. 
God has called me, God has called you to be family for one another. Each of you and this congregation are partners with Christ in ministry at Wellroot and in these many partnerships that you have throughout the world. You are a life raft for children and families when they are overwhelmed. God is faithfully committed to helping us survive these storms of life. And because of that grace and through the power of our faith, we can be faithfully committed to this family and others as well. And in all the difficulties that we face, we can be present to one another, lifting each other up in prayer and in action to help each other face the waves. It is through our reliance upon God in the midst of our suffering, it is, and it's our ability to trust God and float through those times that gives us new life and freedom on the other side. Your partnership with Wellroot Family Services helps provide life rafts to those who have been washed out to sea and are feeling consumed by the waves. And when the winds die down and the waves become calm again, we can see that God has been with us through it all, buoying us for each difficult moment. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.